hits your eye like a big pizza pie. That's amore. Aurelio's Pizza had a virtual pizza party for Nat- National Pizza Party Day. The proceeds went to advocate healthcare workers, and I hosted it alongside a great pal. Let's bring on number 27. It is Jeremy Ronick. JR, how are you? What's up, Pete? How are we doing today on this awesome, awesome Memorial weekend? Well, let me guess. You're watching golf right now. I absolutely am. It's uh, the first time, really, that we get to see some sort of sport, a uh, sporting event, and two of my favorite, uh, actually four of my favorite athletes of all time on television. No, no way I'm going to miss it. <laughs> so you have Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and Peyton Manning and Tiger going at it after each other. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty interesting. Actually, it's been pretty entertaining. They're on the third hole uh, right now, and uh, everybody's playing well except Tom Brady. He's no goat at golf, that's for sure. He's not. Really? Uh, I think he's no. He's not playing very well whatsoever. He's uh, hit it in the in the junk twice in the first two holes. But uh, <laughs> but you know what? You got to give these guys a lot of credit because it's raining down there. It's pouring. It's awful weather. But they're you know just like the, how they you know they played. Uh, you know, in their football days and how these guys played uh, during their, you know, their long PGA careers. They battle the elements and they're doing it for charity. you got to take your hats off to them. Now, you've uh, golfed in a ton of celebrity pro-ams. Have you golfed with Phil and Tiger? I have. I've played with both before. Um, two two amazing uh, golfers. There's no question intimidating as anybody that you'll ever play with, but... Um, you know, it's it's just nice to see that uh, as they get older, they can their competitive levels are still there. You know, it was it was funny how Phil was uh, was ribbing Tiger a little bit. They wanted to go long drive, and uh, Tiger refused earlier. And he says, "Hey, I'm 50. I'm going to be eligible for the senior tour in three weeks." And, <laughs> you know, it was kind of it's been pretty entertaining. I got to tell you, what was that like golfing with Tiger Woods? I mean, did you have an out of body experience? You know, the first time I played with him. The first time I played with him was right there at Cog Hill in Chicago at the Western Open um, when he was really young, and we were on the 16th hole. It's a it's a par four dog leg left. That's uh, very intimidating, and he hit a three iron over my head that sound didn't that didn't sound like any any golf ball I had ever heard in my life. Oh, and boy. the ball was on a rope. The ball was on a rope, and it landed about three feet from the pin. It was one of the best three irons I've ever, ever seen or heard. And I knew that this kid was something special. He was great. Wow. And how about lefty Mm -hmm. Phil? Well, Phil is just, uh, he's just a lot of fun to play with. I've, I've known Phil, uh, since, um, 97. He, He actually, him and Amy used to come to our Christmas parties that my wife and I used to throw here in Arizona, which were epic. And he, um, He's a lot of fun to play with because he's so creative and he likes to talk a lot of smack on the golf course. So, <laughs> Does you know, he really? That, that, those, those, yeah, those are the guys you like to play with. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there's been some, I don't want to call it friction, but uh, they've, they've been very competitive over the years. But I feel like as any athlete gets older, they can appreciate uh, their rival. And it seems like Tiger and Phil are at that point in their careers. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, they both have very, very big egos, as they should. They're two of the best that, that's ever played. And, you know, you, you got you, you to gotta think about Phil. I mean, if it wasn't for Tiger, you know, Phil could go down as, as one of the top five, top, you know, ten best players of all time. You know, Tiger is just, in my my opinion, the best player that's ever played. So for Phil, I mean, he's got to deal with having to 
share the spotlight and really have a guy like Tiger overshadow him for what is is would un you would usually be at a, one of the most illustrious careers of all time. Right. We're talking with uh, Jeremy Roenick. I wanted to mention uh, Aurelio's Pizza. You and I hosted the virtual pizza party, um, I want to say, it. a week and a half ago. And we've raised... Yeah, you did a great job. You did a great job, Pete. That was a, that was a lot of fun. You know, it's not easy when you're doing things uh, from different cities and doing things technologically. But you, uh, with the exception of your lights going off and not paying your, your, <laughs> your electric bill... I'm in Your the, electric bill, it was all great. I mean, uh, for people that work at WGN, I was in one of the conference rooms doing the Zoom, and we're recording, and the lights go out. It's one of those timers on there that if you're not moving, I was sitting in a chair, the lights go out. So if they don't see movement, movement. But it was you and I, we were hosting Erlackers on this special. I mean, uh, Kitty, um, Ozzy Guillen, you name it. It's anybody and everybody from Chicago talking about pizza and their national uh, pizza, how much they love pizza. Plus, Joe Aurelio wanted to raise money for charity. Yeah, and, and by the way, what Joe has been so good at over the, over the years and over the many years his family has been good at in Chicago is taking care of the community. You know, Joe Joe's dad started uh, Aurelio's Pizza way back in, in 59. So they've been serving Chicago pizza and Aurelio's Pizza for over 60 years. And if you go to their stores, especially the Homewood stores, you'll see their the baby pictures that sit on the wall, and there are oh, yeah. thousands. And there are baby pictures of uh, babies, and then moms uh, that were babies that have their own babies that have their own babies. And uh, it's 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 a to me it's it's all about the community, and nobody does it better than Joe Aurelio and Aurelio's Pizza. They give back, and they have been given back, and especially with uh, with what's going on and the first responders and the and all the people that put themselves on the on the front lines and take care of the of the sick and really um, don't really take their own health into consideration. They just care about the others. And, you know, the, the fact that Joe has had to deal with um, with some things in his life and really right. loves and represents uh, the people that uh, that help us, and he wants to give back. So way to go for Joe and way to go for Aurelio's and the pizza. Hey, listen, we all love pizza parties, so what a great way to... <laughs> to uh, celebrate pizza with a National Pizza Party Day. I agree. And people can go to Aurelio's Facebook page, and you can see the video that's on there. You can see all the celebrities. You can see uh, me and JR. You can also donate. Excuse me. You can also donate. They're accepting donations. Go to uh, their Facebook page, Aurelio's Pizza, or you can go to donate.advocategiving.org slash pizza party, or just go to the Facebook page because all the proceeds go to the Advocate Healthcare Workers, and it's a great cause. It is. Well done. Well done. And not, uh, to mention, not to mention you can eat some great pizza, best sausage pizza on the planet. It was, it was so good. I, I, I could use another mm-hmm. one. Um, I wanted to ask you about The Last Dance because we had Shelly on about a month ago. I know I keep talking about The Last Dance now that it's over. We're, we're mourning its death. But Shelly was on and he was talking about the old days in 1992 when you guys were in the Stanley Cup final and the Bulls were making a push for the uh, NBA final. What was that like in late spring of 92? It was amazing. And obviously, you know, Chicago is such a great sports town and it's been just, uh, just oozing and dying for a championship and to have, um, you know, have both teams looking so primed to win championships. The the city was electric. Um, you know, to go to a Blackhawk game in that old Chicago stadium with the, as loud as it was and the passion and the, obviously the loudest we've ever heard 
a national anthem uh, crowd cheer. Um, it, it was it was beyond uh, exciting to go into the bowls. I mean, Charlie and I used to go down, you know, downstairs. We used to walk up the the back stairs that the Blackhawks used to walk up to, to enter the, the ice arena, the ice um, the platform, and we used to stand right where the gate was, and it was nobody can be in there because obviously it was an entrance down, you know, downstairs. Right. And Charlie and I would Charlie and I would stand there, which is about ten. 10 feet behind the backboard and we got the first up close seats to watch, you know, Michael and Scotty and Rodman, all them, you know, for years and years to, you know, dominate the boards. It was a lot of fun. Well, what was it like? Um, did you talk to Michael? Did you see him at all? I know you guys were on two different schedules in the Blackhawks and um, uh, the Bulls, but did you get yeah, a chance? We said hi. We, we said hi, you know, we passed by and we, Shelly and I hung out more with, with Rodman and, and Harper and those guys more than anything. So those, those were, you know, we didn't, Michael was, Michael was more elusive. He, he would go back home and do his thing back home. But right. uh, obviously Rod, Rodman and Harper liked the, liked the nightlife after, after games. So well, they were always up for with them. Well, Rodman didn't get here in, until 96. When did you leave Chicago? Um, I left the same time. No, I left in 96, but Rodman was, Rodman was, um, you know, he he was there in '96, but I I got back and I saw a, a lot of games with Shelly. Every time I came back, I was there. But um, and, you know, he was he he was definitely the, uh, the the missing piece that was so essential to that to that type of game. Oh, of course. And how crazy was it that he left the NBA championship between game three and four to go to a wrestling event with Hulk Hogan? Uh, nothing surprises me. <laughs> nothing surprises me with, with, with him. You know, nothing surprises me with him. Right. I mean, that's just crazy. Um, yeah, we, 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 we wouldn't be able to do that in the National Hockey <laughs> League. <laughs> and what's going to happen with the NHL playoffs? What's going to happen? Well, it sounds like the players voted for their new, their little system, their, their playing system with 24 teams, uh, obviously given the teams that were close to the playoffs an opportunity to make the playoffs so that, that those eight teams that are going to have a little playoff into this round of 16 uh, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be interesting to see how, how the players come back in terms of their their playing shape. They're, um, obviously, that's going to be very difficult playing in, in the middle of the summer. Uh, where they're going to play is going to have a lot to do with ice conditions. Right. Um, you know, the probably there's going to be no home ice advantage for anybody. So playing in front of no fans, going to see what kind of energy these guys can bring. Um, there's a lot of elements that I think a lot of people are going to be interested in seeing what the outcome is. But still, having hockey uh, at any time of the year for me, PD, is going to be great. And, uh, you know, the NHL, the NHL is, uh, to me, the best best league in the world, and I can't wait to get him back. JR, how crazy is it going to be to play in front of no fans? Len Casper told us a few weeks ago, it reminds him of, let's say, any random Tuesday night, and they're in the 15th inning at Wrigley Field, and there's only 4,000 or 3,000 fans at Wrigley. That's what he said it's going to feel like, but he's never been around a no-fan event. You've, you're, you're, a yeah, former, yeah. you're a former player. Yeah. You fed off the yep. fans. How is that going to work? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I loved playing in rowdy buildings, whether it was for us or against us. I fed off of people booing me. I fed off of people cheering me, uh, the energy in the building, um, people responding to big hits, great goals, great passes, screaming at the referees, 
you know, screaming at the players. Those, those are the things that got my juices flowing, that got my, you know, my my blood flowing and and the, the, the competitive level that uh, just oozed out of me. So it's going to be really hard to for these guys to motivate themselves with a quiet building. They're going to be able to hear a lot more. They're going to be able to really pay attention a lot more to what's going on. And it's funny. I, I, I saw, I think it was... Um, uh, Riley Smith, who plays for Vegas, he he had such a great uh, answer to this question when asked, what's it going to feel like to play in front of no fans? And he said, I played in Florida for four years. I'm used to playing in front of no fans. It's no problem for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <funny. Wow. laughs> so I thought that was a great answer. And how long does it take to get back into playing shape? I, I'm sure these guys are training right now knowing that the playoffs are coming, but how long does it take? How many games? Well, I, you know, I don't know what's been happening with the players that went back to Europe. Uh, here in the States, the rinks have been closed. The arenas have uh, have shut down, so the guys haven't been able to skate. And you, can, you, cannot, you can't emulate game conditions no matter what you're doing. So a lot of these guys have been working out off ice. Very hard to keep uh, those skating muscles in shape the, the way that they're supposed to. Um, like I said, I don't know if the European players have, have had the ability to get on the ice and skate because of their... Uh, their lockdown and what's been open for them. But it's going to be really difficult because they're going to step on the ice after being off for two months. The weather is going to be nice and warm. They're coming from out from great weather outside to cold weather inside. The ice conditions could be a little, uh, little risque, but um, it, it's going to be a very, very difficult and mental hurdle that they're going to have to, to go through to try to get back into shape. But I think I think a couple weeks, a couple weeks, and they'll, they'll be feeling uh, you know pretty close to normal. Who's your favorites right now in the final? You know, I think unfortunately that the, the the break came at the wrong time for Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa was looking like the team that everybody expected them to be uh, in the last couple of years. They were winning close hockey games two one. They were playing physical. They were they were you know playing playoff type hockey beating a lot of teams uh, again you know nearing the top of the of the of the league Boston looks extremely strong their right. their leadership and everything they they look really good and I think on the west side with a healthy Colorado Avalanche I think Colorado can beat any team in the National Hockey League in the seven game series with the likes of McKinnon and Rantanen and Landeskog and obviously the the young kid with Kale McCarr having a good goaltender. That is an exciting team to watch. So I would be really nervous of playing Colorado in the West. And I got to ask you about John McDonough. Were you stunned when um, they let him go? I was actually. Yeah, I was. I was very stunned. Um, I really thought John McDonough had had um, turned that organization around i think he brought the fans back you know him and rocky have uh really um really did a really good job of, of putting together a plan and uh a system that brought the old players back for the ambassadors they brought, gave them back to the fans um they spent money on the team um the way they were supposed to uh, I, re- I have a lot of respect for, for John McDonough and what he's done, and it's uh, it's too bad that it came to that. I thought it would be someone you know more down in the uh, more down the ranks that might have lost their job. But um, right. you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Uh, but you know, the Hawks will still have a chance, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what kind of what, what they do with it. I uh, asked Shelley this, and I'll ask you: Would you ever go and work in a front office for an NHL team? Sure, of course. 
you know, it's our passion. It's my passion. Um, I would love to be able to work with the young kids. Uh, you know, one thing I, I do feel that I really have is a good sense of the game, a very, very knowledgeable aspect of the game, uh, no talent, and I have the ability to, um, you know, to get across what it's, what it's like and what it's about to be a professional. Um, so I would, I, I, if, if that ever came about, I would love to talk about it. But again, um, you know, I just turned 50, I got a long ways to go. Oh, yeah. Um, don't know, don't know. I have a new platform that's going to be coming out in June, uh, a streaming platform that I'm very excited about, uh, where I can reach the fan and engage with the fans and get my personal opinions across on the game, on life and, and, uh, you know, entertain the way that I want to. And I'm really excited about uh, that, which is called No Filter Broadcast. And it'll be coming out probably oh midsummer. No Filter yep. Broadcast, midsummer. By the way, what do you think Chelly said when I asked him if he wanted to work in a front office? Um, he probably said he doesn't want to leave Malibu and give up his beach and surf time. <laughs> he said that he he's doing everything in his power never to work again. <laughs> he never that sounds like that, that's a, that that sounds like a Chris Chelios answer. But you know, if there's if there's anybody that has the the best best life post sports, it's Chris Chelios. Oh my gosh! And the guy is still in unbelievable shape. He surfs every mm-hmm. single day. He's in better shape than most players, most athletes are right now. He's he he epitomizes the term Greek god to a T. Right. He still has an eight-pack. And by the way, if anyone thinks that they can compete with a professional athlete, take it from me, when, Jr. the last time you were in town, we did Soul Cycle together in uh, Old Town, and your legs, I mean, it reminds me when I look over at you on the bike when I'm sweating my butt, butt off and about ready to have a heart attack, and I look over and you're just <laughs> smiling, patting me on the back. I mean, you have pretty strong legs compared to me. It, you know, I, I think it's it's not so much that it's the it's, it's the ability to endure, uh, you know, the the pain and the and the sweat and the not being able to breathe. It's just it's it's a, it's, it's 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 a big smoke screen, Petey. It's a big smoke screen. Uh, well, it's great to hear your voice, man. And uh, we'll have you back when the no filter goes live. Okay, we'll do that. That sound that sounds great. Well, trust me, what no filter is going to be no filter, but what's going to be great <laughs> is I will be able to engage fans and debate fans and have them hear their their opinions and you know be able to watch watch sports and watch hockey with people and you know a lot of fun things can come from live interaction. Right. And again, if you want to watch that virtual pizza party that JR and I both hosted, you can go to Aurelio's Facebook page. It's right there on the front page. JR, you're the best Beautiful. man. Thanks, Pete. Take care. Have an, and everybody happy Memorial Day. Love it. You too. That is uh, good old number 27, Jeremy Roenick.